Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. We are in the second episode of our series, Letters to Leaders, and we are excited about what we are going to look at today. So, as we look into this second episode of Letters to Leaders, I want to remind you of this. That Christian theology should be grounded in the Bible and not in minor opinions or divisiveness. We should realize that all Christians are theologians and are responsible to reflect a biblical view of God to the world. Let me say that again. All Christians are theologians. And are responsible to reflect a biblical view of God to the world. Now I know this, you're saying, well, theologian, but no, listen, we are all folks that have studied God. And that's what a the, the, theology means, study of God. And so we have all are theologians. And so our Projection, the thing that we should be projecting to others is the biblical view of God to the world. Jesus said that if you lift me up, that I'll draw all men unto me. Let's look at this. As I said, this is the second episode and our first episode, we talked about this is you, that you are a leader. You have influence and that is what Leadership is. Leadership is influence. So last year we talked, last year, last episode, we talked about this is you. This episode, our second episode, we're going to be talking about personally responsible. Personally responsible. We are personally responsible for our influence. So as we get ready to jump in there, let's look at our definitions. Our definitions are leader, one that leads or conducts, a guide or a conductor. What does it mean to lead? Direction given by example. Now, here comes a word that a lot of us, uh, I'm just going to say the word, responsible. Responsible is answerable for something accountable for one's actions. So it's almost like we're using the same intention behind two words when we talk about being personally responsible, being accountable for one's actions. And we're going to be going into two sets of scriptures. Remember I uh, brought out the fact that there are three uh, Books of the Bible that are called the pastoral epistles or the pastoral letters. They're 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. And we're going to be in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy today as we're going to be looking at what it is that we need to do. Okay, so 1 Timothy, the first chapter, the third through the fourth verses says this. This is the English Standard Version. 
as I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies, which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. Then we're going to go to 2 Timothy, the third chapter, the 16th and 17th verse. It says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so, Father, I want to thank you for your word. I ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts and grow thereby. In Jesus' name. So, what is the issue with doctrine and teaching? The issue is theology influences everything that we do. Some people can view doctrine and theology as unimportant and divisive. However, everyone is a theologian. Everyone has opinions and beliefs about God. See, once you look at the definition, you realize it. Guess what? Even an atheist has an opinion about God. An agnostic has an opinion about God. But what we want to do is look at how does that equate to the reality of what has been written, what has been um, historically proven. That is the point that we want to get to. We want to look at what has credence to it as we look at what we believe. Now, how you look at God is part of your worldview. And ultimately, how you view the world impacts how you live. For example, if human beings are created in God's image, which they are, then they have innate value and should be treated with respect. So, theology leads to ethics. Because that is the foundation and then the results of that foundation leads to ethics, how we treat one another. The, what we call the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So all this is based upon our view, our thought, our understanding of what God is and how we should reflect him in the earth. Now, as Paul was writing this thing to his son Timothy, he said he is concerned with folks that are going around being manipulative and teaching what they call false doctrines. Because he knows that all of life's things, they all hinge on the truth of Jesus. And the distortion of that truth has serious consequences to not only human life, but also discipleship. One of the things that we've learned when I was in the military, when we're talking about land navigation, 
being one degree off of your azimuth or the direction that you're supposed to go, it gets exaggerated the further out you go. So initially at one degree could be one foot, but as you keep traveling, it could end up being miles and miles away. So if you are getting tied into or getting involved with something that is not accurate or right, then it's going to put you in the wrong location. And so that's why Paul was telling Timothy that we have to be focused on what is the correct doctrine, what is the correct focus, what is the correct teaching, so that when we are influencing these people, they are on the correct azimuth. But there were some people that were coming in and trying to change it, uh, change the direction so that people would look at them as being better, more spiritual, whatever their intentions were. But we've got to keep them in the right direction. So some of the things that these false teachers were, were, were focusing on, they were, they were not only teaching uh, bad theology, but they were causing the believers to focus on things such as uh, myths. They were focusing on uh, genealogies. They're practicing certain laws. They were wrapping them up in the small things. And, and, and the funny thing is, you know, they, they made this small thing and made it a major issue, which was wasting energy and time instead of focusing. There is a book called Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, and he brings out that point that we start focusing on all these external or these things that are on the periphery, the edge, the perimeter of, when we should be focusing on the center and reflecting Christ in our lives and our lifestyles. The, the things that are on the, outs, on, the, on the edges have some significance, but let's focus on the major significant thing. Let's agree on the major significant thing. Let's move in that direction and keep the outside things or the small things the small things. So when people do bring up that the fact that theology can be divisive, sometimes that is true. Especially if you have taken on something that um, they, let's say we're having this discussion, this one person said that's a small thing, you said that's a large thing, and we, if we don't properly discuss it, then we end up having this divisive moment. And so they uh, begin to cause these situations. And Paul is talking to Timothy saying, listen, you need to explain to them that these are not significant things. And so if we get involved with a theology that, it, that stresses minor issues or trivial matters, it is divisive. Because it's pulling the energy away from what the focus should be. And if you did not know, the word Christian means the ones who live, act like Christ. And, and initially, it was actually a derogatory term. 
And now, because originally it was called the Way, it was a, a the Jewish sect called the Way. And the more uh, it grew and it started affecting outside the Jewish community, they started calling them Christians because they acted like this Christ that they talked about all the time. There is a, uh, there's a sketch that was done on Saturday Night Live that I think is very appropriate for this. And the sketch was Will Ferrell. And Will Ferrell was going to, a, to the hot tub. Well, in this sketch, Jim Carrey was the lifeguard at the hot tub. Now, you and I both know that a lifeguard is not needed at a hot tub. Now, if you know these two actors, you know how hilarious the sketch would be having Will Ferrell and Jim Carrey uh, acting out these parts. And so Jim Carrey, you know, making sure that he gets in right, you know, and making sure he does, you know, doing all these things that a lifeguard of a pool would do, but only for a hot tub. And so when we look at this and, and use it as an example of how we should be dealing with things theologically, we can see how we can focus on the small hot tub type of situation and put all this energy in there and it causes things to be overbearing, causes things to be irrelevant, and it even can cause things to become dangerous. As we have looked through history, we can see how Focusing on a small thing has caused division upon division upon division of uh, peoples to say, we don't agree with you, so we're separating from you instead of sitting down and trying to work through it and coming up with, this is how we're going to focus on this. There, there, you know, there's been type of things of like uh, how the church is organized. That's a small thing. But some folks say, no, governance of the church is so very important. And if you don't want to, you know, and they make it so uh, such a big thing. It's like looking through a uh, telescope at a grain of sand. It looks way bigger than what it needs to be. And other things, a method of communion. How we conduct communion and, 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 and the meaning of communion and, and how you should act and how you should be and all. And we get so wrapped around it, but we miss the fact that the communion is the celebration of God's grace to us and an example of God's grace towards us. I'm not going to jump into it, but I'm just saying this is what we have to look at. So we look at, you know, focusing on these things is again like that lifeguard at the jacuzzi, at the, light, at the hot tub, and it's not something that's not necessary. We're making it bigger than what it really needs to be. So what, the bottom line is this. 
all Christian theology and practice must be founded upon scripture. It cannot be upon our opinion. It has to be founded in scripture. And the, and the other thing that I want to bring up, it, 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 one scripture a foundation is okay, but having many scriptures that support that thought, having many scriptures that provide a clear understanding of that point is really what we're going for. Because a lot of times we can pull one scripture out of context and then we try to establish a, a theology, I mean not theology, establish a doctrine on it and it causes divisiveness because it's a small part of the big picture. So when uh, Paul brought out 2 Timothy, the 16th chapter, the 17th verse, he was bringing out the fact that the Bible, the word of God, is very important to your theology. All scripture comes from the mouth of God. And it shows that it's inspired and it's authoritativeness, I guess that's the word I want to use, that it provides authority because it's based upon what God has said. It reveals, the, the scriptures reveal God's character, it reveals his nature. So if we begin to know and understand God through the means he has used to reveal himself, that knowledge leads to a relationship. And the relationship with God then causes us to operate in a manner that reflects who he is. Not how we think he's going to be, but because we have this relationship with him, we actually are honestly and genuinely reflecting who he is. And that is our desire. That is our goal to reflect who God is to others so that they can see the truth of who he is. Jesus said that the truth will make us, will set us Free. And so that's what we want to operate in. We want to operate in the truth. It's just like if you are in a uh, relationship with someone, the more that you communicate with them, the more that you talk with them, the more you begin to understand them and be able to uh, communicate with them at another level and a more beneficial, mutually beneficial situation. That's why it's very important for husbands and wives to talk to one another. That's why it's very important for children and parents to talk to each other because it, it provides an opportunity for a relationship to be strengthened. Not just because, but it is a result of what we have invested into the relationship. So we have to really look at there is some good theology and there's some bad theology. And some Christians believe 
that the best way to deal with bad theology is just to avoid the people that are operating in <laughs> the bad theology. And some people say, well, in order to avoid bad theology, just let's not talk about theology at all. But in order for us to get a better understanding, we have to interact. We have to get involved. We have to do those things so that we can actually operate in the way that will cause all of us to grow. Now, we went through all this because I wanted us to get to this location. This location is this. We all are theologians. We all have a responsibility to example what God says on how we are supposed to do things. Jesus broke it down to you just like this. He says that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. And then he says there's a commandment just like that one that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. He says upon this are all the law and all the prophets. Everything about the Old Testament was based upon this. That we love God and we love one another. So if we love one another, when we come up with a divisive a situation because of love, we work through it together. We interact with each other. We seek to understand rather than to be understood. We operate in this manner so that we can build one another up, so that we do not uh, cause separation, but that we come closer together, stronger together, because we are better together. So this week in our, in our series of Letters to Leaders, this week we are emphasizing being personally responsible taking on the responsibility of living in a way that honors God, talking in a way that causes others to want to honor God, and taking time to explain to others what honors God. And as we take on that personal responsibility, it causes us to grow and all those that are in our circle of influence, remember leadership is influence, are affected by our drive, our personal responsibility. I'm taking this on. I am doing this because it is the right thing to do. So we all want to have a mindset of I'm not waiting on anyone else. I am doing my part of being an example of what it is to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, an ambassador of the kingdom, so that God is glorified in all things. That is our goal. That is, a, we want to be those ambassadors. We want to be those children. We want to be what it is that causes others to be drawn to heaven. If you have not made 
the decision to accept Christ in your life. That is the first point of being personally responsible. You may have gone to church all your life or this may be your very first church service. But the issue at hand is that it has to be a personal decision. It can't be a decision based upon what anyone else does or what anyone else has done. It has to be your decision. And I want to tell you today that God is waiting for you to make that decision. And the decision is not a hard process. The Bible tells us in Romans, the 10th chapter, the 9th verse, it says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And that saved means delivered or rescued. And you are being delivered or rescued from the penalty of sin, which is death. Uh, it's not death of your body per se, but the death is eternal separation from God. We want you to grab a hold of this. We want you to make that decision today. Because it also says that if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. So if you have made this declaration today, first of all, we're very excited for you. We're very happy that you've made it. And we want to assist you along this journey. And what that means is we just want to come alongside you and help you to understand what you as a new theologian need to focus on, need to operate in, in order so that you can become more and more like Christ in your daily action. So what we would love for you to do, we would love for you to let us know that you've made that decision today via email. Email us at info at godshousecc.com. We're going to send you some information to assist you along this journey. We want to come alongside you. We want to encourage you. We want to help you. We want to assist you to becoming all that God has called for you to be. And with that, then you can become all that God has called for you to be. All right? Friends and family, I just want to thank you for attending the service today. Remember that we are all personally responsible for the influence that we have. And let's influence people to the right thing and not to the divisive things. Until next week, God's blessings be upon you. In Jesus' name.